Today's episode continues the conversation from episode 7, answering questions from Brian. He writes about his son's language development since he is raising his son in a dual language home in Spain. His son is now 22 months, so almost two. Last time we talked about three helps regarding language learning in a multi-language home. I divided his questions up to keep the episodes short. So for a bit of understanding on how language is learned in a dual language home, go enjoy episode seven. For now, let's dig into the other questions that Brian posed. He articulated well the concerns many parents have. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children and wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated that your kids argue, whine, or debate with you? Are you afraid you're doing the wrong thing, but you're not sure what to do? Hey mamas, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. My name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush, mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you will find solutions to get your kids to listen better, understand the clear communication, and the boundaries that benefit kids and all while enhancing your relationships. So if you are ready to build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. It's playtime, let's go. parents, thank you for joining me today on the language of play. Before we dig into Brian's question, I want to share a review from Jen McGraw. She gives five stars and she writes, great podcast. I'm so excited you came out with this. Your bio spoke to me and it's just what we need for our family. So thank you, Jen. I'm so glad to have you here. All right, let's get started. Brian listened to episode four titled, One Year Language learning with a book. And he wrote, I listened to episode four. It was very interesting and applicable to what we're living now. We live in Spain and my wife is Spanish, so the kiddo is really starting to take off in Spanish. I do what I can by reading to him in English and speaking to him in English. It'll come. Yes, Brian, it will. There are two main questions that I want to address today that Brian had. One of those is, Do kids have a language delay in starting to speak when they are in a bilingual home? It seems other kids more or less his age from single language households are starting to speak more quickly. So let's address this question first. Speaking, and that is the output of language, yeah, that might come slower. It doesn't mean he's learning slower. It doesn't mean that you need to be concerned about it. He just has more to sort. There's more words in his bucket. There is more language in his head. So I do want to encourage you not to compare from the perspective of, oh no, my child is behind, but rather you can notice, but don't feel like what's going on is bad. The language in the single language households has like half the words that you're teaching to your son and you're teaching them simultaneously. So it just simply makes sense that it'll take a little longer for speech to come out. Brian also added, it seems that words initially in English are now being replaced with their Spanish words. For example, fish, pez, and other words, more, mas. He uses pretty interchangeably with both parents. First thing I want to say is it's fabulous 
that he is using those words with both parents interchangeably. It means that he's getting the meaning right. He's starting to understand. He's sorting it out. I would say, though, don't consider that he is replacing the words. I would think of it more as adding words. My advice to you is to accept both words as if he's pairing or like solidifying his understanding. Much the way when we make a point as adults, we might say something a second time or use a synonym to anchor in what we mean to the person we're talking to. At age two, he's still taking in information. Remember my metaphor of the bucket of confetti from episode seven? He's still filling his bucket. Which words are Spanish and which words are English are not totally defined for him, and he might the wrong one and use it in a sentence. And it'll take years for it to be entirely sorted out because he also needs to figure out which words go together to make sentences. But this doesn't mean to slow the flow or lessen the drops into his bucket. Keep giving the words to him often, and that is really, really good. So let's say you are talking to your son, and he says to you that he wants mas, and he's talking to you in English, and he says mas for more. And you just accept it. And then you say, yes, you want more, because you understood, and that affirms his communication. You accept what it is that he says, and then you just show him the example of the right word in English and just keep on going with your life. This really affirms his ability to communicate, his, his acceptance in his language, and his acceptance in when he does make a mistake, he'll learn that this is how it's shown to me. I just get to see it again. I get to hear it again. And this is a very calm and accepting way to experience language with your child. Now I'm going to give you a different way to imagine. You're making soup. And if you like your soup with a variety of vegetables, especially a large variety of vegetables, your soup will take longer because it takes time to cut and clean more vegetables. If you like onion in the soup, you will take time to cut the onion, even if it means tears and extra time. If you put fresh herbs in, your soup will be magnificent, but you still add more time and energy. You know the soup will taste as you like it with the onion, fresh herbs, and other vegetables. However, you can take one whole potato and one chicken leg, add water, and call it soup. You can, and you will have faster soup. It won't be as rich, as smooth, savory, nourishing, filling, mouth-watering, interesting, colorful, pretty. I could go on. You see where I'm going with this, I bet. There is a difference. Take the time to give him the words, and it is okay that it takes longer for him to have his language soup ready. If we want our kids to have language that is suitable and perfect, and we want it right now, then we give them a little, and we miss out on the deep, complex experience of using language and multi-language as that does take more time and energy, and sometimes tears, it is still so worth the wait for you and for them. So don't be bogged down by the short-sighted, oh no, my two-year-old's language is confused, compared to a single language learning peers. His bucket may have the same number of words, and likely more. The words are scattered in two or more languages, and over time, the kiddos learn which words to use when. And it doesn't mean their language is coming slower. It just means their speech might be coming out later. Just keep pouring in the language. They will have a richer, more colorful, interesting language. 
and interactions with people. Brian's second question, is there such a thing as true bilingualism? We are two parents speaking to the child in our native tongues, but the child lives in the mother's society. Won't that be his dominant or preferred language? Brian, I'll say you really have three topics embedded into this question. So first, let's tease it apart. The first thing to address is dominance in language. I'm going to say it is possible. It's logical. It's likely that he has a preferred language of Spanish because more people in his world will be speaking Spanish. He will build more relationships in Spanish because you're in that Spanish culture. So yes, that is likely. However, it isn't certain. It is likely also that as he goes through ages and stages in his life, he may prefer English for a time. He may go back and forth between Spanish and English. Who knows? Maybe his natural abilities are such that he's going to pick up on other languages and prefer German along the way. Who knows? But with English and Spanish, the natural switching back and forth, putting both languages together, sorting them out, doing it right, doing it wrong, doing it again, is a process of discovery that will take some years. So I wouldn't spend too much energy on worrying about language dominance. I think language acquisition of both languages are simply where you go. The second thing I want to address from your question is what you're saying true bilingualism is. Some people refer to true bilingualism as being able to jump between languages without a hiccup. For this to be true, a person will continuously be interacting in both languages. I do have a friend that I consider truly bilingual. He speaks German and English so well that he can function 100% in both languages from the outside. His workday used to be in English while his home life was in German. He could not proof his own writings because he would miss an occasional German word that he put inside of an English document. Over time, he had a job where he spoke German at work and his home life remained German. Then he came to visit me and he said he was struggling to find his English words. He felt the difference. But I thought he was doing great. I didn't notice a difference. I could not tell how hard he was working, and he described it as rusty. To me, he did not appear rusty. I would still say he's truly bilingual. The ease at which one can pop back and forth between the two language, languages is your consistent exposure, your knowledge, that frequency of use. Being rusty, I don't believe, means you've lost your bilingual skills. It simply means you need to refresh. While your child is growing up, he may see English as not that important. What you can do to usher in a desire for English is to make it seem important. If he doesn't really need English to get along in the world, he will see it as less important, potentially. Probably. Perhaps you can get an English-speaking babysitter. Perhaps more exposure to grandparents, maybe on Zoom or something like that as he grows. And again, this isn't all right now at almost two years old. This is over time. Get him in situations where he does need his English. Look at movies in English. Enjoy songs. Talk about the meanings of the words in the songs. There's audiobooks, reading books, so many things that you can do in English that will help him see that English is indeed important in his life. 
And since you're in Europe, your child will have British English exposure and from you, American English plus Spanish. So jump past the concerns and remember that you are your child's primary English teacher. Your way of speaking will be what he learns, your accent, your phrases, your tones. Sometimes people think they need to switch it up to be more British. And I want to say that isn't what matters. I want you to give your child a good example of English spoken. This is from speech therapy. I want you to give the best correct English example you can give. Your accent is not what counts. Use good grammar, clear pronunciation, correct tenses. Later, you'll be using spelling and writing with him. And you do the best English that you can do, and you will be his best example. And when it comes to accents and phrases and all of that, you just be you. Speak in your normal accent and be authentically your American accent. And along the way, if you're not strong on your language skills, or such as writing or tenses or plurals or vocabulary, whatever, you work on improving, and that way your example will be better. And along the way, he will notice. He will notice the difference in the British English, and he will just simply have more that fills his language bucket. Or maybe with this episode, we'll call it soup. He will adopt some of the English sayings. Just notice, be curious, and non-judgmental. Notice and enjoy. Language development is such a playful thing because we are experimenting continuously. We're wondering what is it that somebody actually meant. We're creative with our words. All of these things go right into play. Now, the third topic you had embedded in that question was what we call the one-parent-one-language method. You said, we are two parents speaking to the child in our native languages. Personally, I really like this method. The child gets good examples of correctly spoken language from each native language speaker. It's not a hodgepodge of language. Sometimes parents that want their kids to learn English or whatever language they will try to use that language with their kids, but they don't know that language very well themselves. So they're giving poor examples. And that's what I meant by a hodgepodge of language. We don't want both you and your wife to start doing a Spanglish something because that doesn't teach your child good English, nor does it teach good Spanish. When your child hears good examples of the target set before them, they will do much better with that language. I want to say that one parent, one language method can fail, particularly if you are strict. Don't forget that this is about learning. It's about communication. It's about connection. If you start teaching English and forget that you are teaching a child, then you're on the road for problems. Always keep in the front of your mind, you are teaching a child. And that primary focus is we're communicating, we're connecting. Your kiddo is learning, exploring, experimenting, discovering, trying out new things, all of that continuously. So allow flexibility. Don't be rigid or rule-driven with the language, nor with only speaking English. Occasionally, use your Spanish if it helps him to communicate and then go back to English. Language is for communication and connection. Your rules should never override your relationship. Your relationship is primary. Brian, what you have to offer your child is priceless. Children that learn multiple languages have advantages. 
their brain grows more flexible. Research suggests that brains develop new centers, um, better processing and, and able to understand people and situations with more ease. The brain becomes more efficient. So those are amazing things to have as a gift to your child. So don't be intimidated by it. You go. This is fabulous. So to wrap it up for today. One, the delay in speaking is not what we speech therapists call a delay. Your child needs extra time sorting the vast amount of words in his bucket and figuring out how those words to go together. Of course, if you're concerned, you can see a local speech therapist, pathologist, or clinician. All those words mean the same thing. Just ask them if you're concerned. But what you've said to me in your letter does not give me any indication that that is the issue. When your children do speak, just like all kids, they are experimenting on how words go together, and they need to solidify their understanding, and this takes practice. Your second point, language dominance may happen. For English to take as your child gets older, he will likely need to see it as important. So create ways for him to see it as important. The third point. I personally do not think bilingual means perfect flow all the time. Rusty happens. You be you. Speak in your normal accent, your normal dialect, naturally, and give good examples of English. And four. The one-parent, one-language method is a good way to teach two languages because the child gets good examples of each language. Languages for communication and connection. Your rules should never override your relationship because that relationship is primary. So listeners, if you have found something interesting, I would love to know what that is. Email me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. And Brian, was this helpful to you? I would love to know your thoughts, too. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below. Thank you.